I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, I am answering two questions called into the podcast phone line about the wings attached to type five. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I am learning big lessons about releasing control, feeling like I can handle, like I can like manipulate the future and just letting things be. It's also my thorn because I would really like control. So that's that. I told my therapist on Monday that it almost feels like I'm being forced away to the bus stop and just kind of like hope the right bus comes and picks me up while I would really like to be driving the bus. My bud is that there are a lot of exciting things coming up. Interviews, speaking engagements, book plans. It's a big season soon. (laughs) Okay, let's hear our first question. My name is Jenny, a huge fan of your podcast and your work and everything that you create and do. It's just wonderful content for the world. My question, probably something that others have thought about, I either identify as an Enneagram 5 wing 6 or 6 wing 5, and sometimes I can't really pin down which is the correct one. I am wondering, how does one find the certainty of knowing which number slash wing they truly are? And where you find that certainty? I'm sure I could have worded that better, but that's that's where we're at. So looking forward to hearing your answer and looking forward to more of your podcast. Have a good day. Bye. So I actually think certainty is a really great word here. It's a word I associate most with type six, seeking a sense of something to rely on, some sense of certainty, some sense of security. Now, I will say fives are also potentially in pursuit of that as well, although fives tend to be a lot less concrete and a lot more open to the unknown. Now, I can't say that certainty is guaranteed here. Like, you may not get that certainty with your Enneagram type. In fact, I know people who've been teaching the Enneagram for decades that are once again questioning their type. And I think questioning and exploration may be part of this process. I can tell you and will tell you the things that differentiate the six and the five. However, I also think it's worth exploring the part of you that is both. The goal of the Enneagram is your growth. So what do you think you need right now in order to be more present in your life? Which type structure is standing in your way of that? Is it the six desire for support, lack of self-trust, or is it the five's desire for information or their fear of depletion? Now, when it comes to the difference between five and six, The biggest difference here is that fives truly do trust their own authority, while sixes seek relief from the pressure to trust themselves. They tend to lack a sense of self-trust and are hoping for something to show them that either they can absolutely trust their impulses or that they can just release their sense of self to someone else so that those people can tell them what they should be doing. Fives are much more autonomous than that, much more self-trusting, and they are their own authority. Now, this being said, again, I think the main goal here is exploration of what part of me is a six, what part of me is a five. Maybe you have quick access to both, and that's okay to explore as well. If you're seeking that certainty, 
always go back to the main basic fears, the basic motivations. Is your kind of basic fear that you are going to be without support or is your basic fear that you are incapable or incompetent? And have you formed your personality in search of response to that, aka for a type six, you know, they tend to test people before they let them into their inner circle. But once they're in the inner circle, they don't want to let them go because they want that sense of support and stability. And the same thing for jobs, the same thing for bosses, the same thing for any authority figure. There's a testing and then an overloyalty. And then for type five, their kind of fear of depletion and their fear of incapability make them seek constant information so that they're on top of it, they're, they're informed, but also it makes them seek, you know, ways to manage their energy levels, not overgiving, kind of overcompensating for their fear of being intruded upon. Which of those resonates for you the most? We're going to take a quick break to hear from today's podcast sponsor, and then we'll get on to our second question. Today's podcast is brought to you by Native. Do you know the difference between an antiperspirant and a deodorant? Antiperspirants contain aluminum, which forms a plug in your sweat glands that stops you from sweating. So Native deodorant does not contain aluminum, parabens, or sulfates. It's vegan and never tested on animals. Native just works to keep you smelling fresh all day long. Native deodorant is made with ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter, You wear deodorant every single day. It's helpful to understand what's on the ingredient list. Making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant does not mean you have to sacrifice on performance. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. With over 10 scents, including their classics, rotating seasonals, you are guaranteed to find one that you're going to love. Their classic scents include coconut and vanilla, my favorite and the most popular, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, also incredible, and eucalyptus and mint, also so good. Besides their classic deodorant, Native offers an unscented option and a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. Trying to cut down on your plastic use, which you know we are, Native even has a deodorant made of 100% paperboard packaging. Don't just take my word for it. Check out over the 15,000 five-star reviews from happy customers who have switched to Native. I have tried to switch to natural deodorant. I cannot tell you how many times. And sometimes it has made me smell worse. I don't know how that's possible. Native has not done that. Native makes me feel so clean, so fresh, smells incredible. Again, I use mostly the coconut and vanilla because I like that kind of like cozy vanilla scent. And it feels like not only do I smell good, but also I smell great. Like I am smelling better than I would smell with a normal deodorant. I like that it is moisturizing and creamy. It doesn't get weird in my armpits. It doesn't like ball up. It makes me feel like I am hydrated and smelling nice. And it is so good. I use it no matter what I'm doing. I don't change my activities based on my deodorant. It always works and it always smells great. You are going to love Native as much as I do. So right now you can save 20% on your first purchase. Go to nativedeo.com slash egram or just use the promo code egram at checkout. That's nativedeo.com slash egram or use the promo code egram at checkout to save 20%. 
20% on your first purchase. Okay, let's hear question number two. Hi, Sarah Jane. I am a four, but I lean extremely heavily on my five wing. So I know that I'm very empathetic very attuned to others' emotions and my own emotions, and I love having very deep and consequential conversations with the people that I love and care about, but I feel like I have the introversion and the energy level and fear of losing my resources that a five does. So I often feel like I'm only able to use my four gifts when I am catching myself at a good energy level or when I'm with people that I'm extremely close to, but most of the time I just kind of want to be left alone. I don't know if you have any advice and I really appreciate it. Thanks. You're the best. Okay. So I kind of hear two questions here. Maybe one, is this normal? And two, how do I use my gifts consistently if my energy is low? So I would say this is actually pretty normal, especially for four wing five. Fours are a withdrawing type. They pull away when things get hard, when they're stressed out. Fives are also a withdrawing type, so they pull away. So those two combined, you got two withdrawing types, you're pulling back. We often find that the four's gift is empathy, but it's not the warm, sociable energy of a type two that we generally associate with that word. It's more about not being thrown off by other people's darkness, feeling the pain of the world, seeing injustice. It does take practice for most fours to be less self-focused. And it's kind of their default to be self-oriented, to be kind of more consumed with their own emotional landscape. So this can actually cut them off from honoring the landscape of others. Now with practice though, and intentionality, fours can take efforts to help and support other people. And this can be incredibly healing and expansive, especially for their sense of self-worth. If you are getting the sensation that you have kind of a more of a low opinion of yourself, you're lacking self-worth, giving may be a really important part of the process to getting out of that. As your actions align with your intentions, your sense of self-trust and your sense of self-worth can grow. However, it's important to not expect this to come naturally. I work with a lot of fours. I love fours. I'm married to a four. A lot of my friends are fours. And there's kind of this pattern that arises, which is this belief that when it's right, it will feel the way I think it's supposed to feel. Meaning there's like kind of an imagined sensation or imagined feeling about what doing the right thing feels like. Like, oh, if I'm going to be a writer, then I must love every moment of writing. If I'm in love, then I must feel love every moment. If I am going to take action, I have to feel motivated to do it. And that's not always the case. Sometimes the people who are doing the most, who are giving the most, are able to do that because they're giving even when the feeling's not there. It's not gonna feel easy at first, but it's worth it. And it is good. It is good for you and for others, right? So really what I would assess is, is this an honest to goodness, like actual lack of energy where I should be resting so that it can be filled back up because that's possible? Or is it the sense that 
you're so focused on your inner landscape, so focused on your own inner experience that the inner experiences of others is overwhelming for you because you're so focused on your own. And if that's the case, it may actually benefit you to pause and to look intentionally at the pain of other people, give back and align your actions with your values. I hope this is supportive and helpful. And if you all have Enneagram questions, you can call them in to 828-338-9127. And I will answer them on a Wednesday episode coming soon. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you in the next one.